Welcome to the Voices of Nomads, a podcast series where we share the stories of the people in the nomads community. My name is Ling and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Surya. Thank you very much, Ling. To the Voice of Nomads. Um, yeah, so the idea today is for, for us to get to know about you, about uh, your story, about your journey in nomads. Yeah, and we just let the conversation flow. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. <laughs> All right. I just want to check. How are you feeling right now? Um, I'm quite excited, to be honest, because I'm really excited with everything that has to do with nomads mm. and the learning hub and I think our little community here. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm excited and, and quite honored to always be a part of it and to watch our, our community grow. Thank you. Um, for me as well, yeah, I I feel like we talked a little bit on the first time we met at uh, TEDx. I know it was at the workshop. Yeah, that's uh, right. And then we didn't have a chance to talk at all during the program. Yeah. So, and then we talked a bit more in on the party. But it's like, I don't think I ever really hear the full story. So I'm also excited to, to, yeah, to get to know you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to start off, um, how do you introduce yourself? Oh, it's really hard. I, I think for me, probably one of the first things that people want to know, even if they don't always ask it, is where I'm from. Mm. Because if you kind of know anything about me or you know nothing about me, my accent or my looks or kind of things would throw you off. Mm. So, I would introduce myself by being like, you know, I'm Surya, I'm 24. And I'm Iranian, so I'm fully Iranian. I was born and raised in Austria my whole life. And in Austria, I went to an American school, which is why I sound fairly American. American accent, yeah. Fairly, fairly. Um, I went to the UK after I finished school in Austria. And yeah, a little bit of travels, a little bit of bouncing around. And now I'm in Hanoi. Wow. So just from that, I hear you're born you're from in Iran. And then went to school in Australia, in Austria, sorry, and then the UK, uh, and then more traveling, and now Hanoi. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, can I ask what, what makes the shift between Iran and Austria? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never actually lived in Iran. Right. Um, my parents immigrated to Iran a, like a year or two before I was born. Mm. Um, at the time, there was the Iran Iraq War. Oh. And my older siblings were born there, but I think it wasn't. The best condition to be in Iran, and my parents really wanted to go to a place with better education as well. Mm. So they did a little bit of traveling around Europe, and Austria was such a safe country, and they decided mm. to try and make their way up there. Mm. And is that where you spend basically your K twelve education, like from kindergarten exactly. to high school? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm also Austrian. I'll say I'm, I'm Austrian Iranian. Right. Yeah. Oh, so so I'm gonna get you your whole passport from Austria as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So two. National, national, of course Austrian. not. Only Austrian. Austrian, only Austrian. All right. Oh, nice. And you said you go to school in the UK after Austria, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what was it, was it that you studied? Um. Oh, I studied human rights mm. and creative writing. Yeah, that was okay. my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Well, what were you choose? Well, actually, I started off. I always wanted to go to university and study like English literature, and I wanted to sit down and discuss, you mm. know, the great. Mm. classic literature and, and have really like long philosophical discussions about that and when I started doing English literature it really wasn't that oh. it was almost all a focus on really modern and like contemporary literature which is mm. also interesting but when there's nothing classic in there and there also wasn't really like 
there weren't really big class discussions and things like that. So I decided to switch and I started looking at the course catalog. I, I had a few months to switch and I was like, oh, what do I pick? So I'm reading through all these things and I go, oh, human rights, that sounds like me. Mm. It sounds good. You don't say human rights and someone goes, oh, you're such a terrible person. People are like, oh, human rights, you must be a good person. So hopefully after mm. studying it, I'll, I'll try and live up to that. Yeah. All right. So I heard that you said kind of getting to literature, but not really what you expected. And then yeah. you switch to human rights. Like, yeah. And how, how has that been for you? Is that something that you're still pursuing, so interested in? I, I really struggled at university, to be honest. Mm. It took me a long time to finish university. I mm. kept leaving and coming back and going and working and coming back and going and traveling and coming back. Right. But finally, with the degree, I think I've right now I'm still in a teaching career path. Um, I've always been part-time teaching at some point somewhere, and now I've gone full-time into teaching. And I do think I will be making the shift into something more social action very soon. Mm. But I also really enjoy teaching, and I also think that that is a part of social action, and you can have really big social impact through teaching. So I'm still trying to find my balance. Oh, yeah. I, first of all, like I, I really share your idea about education being the foundation or even high leverage or at, in the, at the least high leverage points for social change like think of or for me i yeah like teaching or sharing i, I don't like the word teaching but yeah sharing knowledge with the younger generation and let them decide what's best for them and what they want to create yeah, yeah it's all part of our philosophy at nomads and hope all we want to see very so, true. Yeah. Do you know, I really like what you just said, sharing knowledge. Mm. From now on, I'm not going to say I teach. I'm going to say I, I try to share knowledge. I really like that because there are so many elements right. in life where you can have the opportunity to share knowledge. Mm. You do it every day. That's quite cool. Thank you. Yeah. And the part of just sharing knowledge is it doesn't mean that I'm in the front and I'm like, I know everything and I push up everything to the listener. Like, it's so much that you can learn in know two ways or like in a yeah in a natural environment where knowledge come from both sides yeah actually yeah. i teach a middle school debate club mm. um and in the club i did the concept that i learned from nomads of co-creating co-creating and yeah. the students kind of look at me like you know what teacher <laughs> this is a this is a typical school environment what's going on and, and we co-created everything and mm. i find that it's not only a lot more valuable to see what they actually want from the class but mm. even if they don't know how to want something from mm. their education it gives them the opportunity to put themselves in the position to ask for what they want oh yeah and i think that's something that builds over time so it's something that's very new and, and sometimes they sit there and they look at me but sometimes I, I really see that they're like okay and in turn they respect what they learn more mm. and if there's a rule that they've created themselves they also respect that more so that's yeah. always nice absolutely co-creation and what you said about ask for what they want i think that's that's so powerful um I, so you mentioned being a teacher right now yeah and um, obviously a teacher in vietnam in hanoi uh so before asking you as a teacher i want to ask like what yeah, what brought you here to, to, to Vietnam, to, to Hanoi? The yeah. classic question. Yeah, the classic question. It's okay, it's okay. I, I, classic questions are good, classic <laughs> questions are good. Um, I came to Vietnam a few years ago on the classic Southeast Asia backpacking trip mm. across, I did Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, a month each. And the, about a year and a half after I came back, and I was just, 
had a little bit of time and money to travel a little bit in Indonesia and Malaysia, mm. but I planned to come and teach in Vietnam mm. because I'd always taught English back in Austria. I wanted to experience teaching abroad and I started looking it up and it turns out everyone comes and teaches here. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. And of the countries I researched and that looked like it could be possible to only go for a few months and teach Vietnam, I remember I traveled there and I was like, you know what, I had a good feeling there. Mm. So I trusted this very small strain of feeling mm. and I really liked Hanoi. So I was in Hanoi maybe for a week of the time I traveled and I just, I felt a good vibe here. Right. But again, like complete stranger here. Mm. And I remember right before I came, I was really nervous. I was like, okay, what am I doing? Just a feeling. But I came and the first few weeks I really didn't like it. It was really hard to get employed. I also told people I was only going to be there for a few months, mm. which means they didn't want to hire me and that right. was okay. But once I got into the flow, I fell in love with Vietnam. Mm. And I fell in love with the people that I met. I think anywhere you go, if you feel like you belong there, mm. and that's just about finding your people, as lame as that is, but you can have the luck to find that, find those people and that environment mm. in a place, and someone else may not have that luck. So I had that luck here. Mm. And then I went back to the UK, I finished my degree, and I actually couldn't wait to come back. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So it's for me. I, I hear like you said when you here in in Vietnam, you kind of find a place of your belonging. Like you feel welcoming. Would that yeah. you say that? Yeah, I like, mean, like, the Vietnamese are very welcoming, but also the culture of social action here, mm. the culture of education here, all of these things just invite everybody to be a part of it. Mm. And I mean, everybody that I've met here, Vietnamese or non-Vietnamese, has that I've actually associated myself with always invite you in to be a part of it and joining is not is not difficult so mm. if you want to be a part of it if you want to contribute you contribute and that's what I found here in, in, in this community and with nomads and I, I think that's quite special to find that all right very nice I'm, I'm very happy to hear that especially when you say that nomads become one of those places that you know, made you feel invited and made you feel welcome oh completely <laughs> You know, like when I came back, I, I knew I really wanted to find a place to start looking at, okay, where is, what is the social action or some area of social action that is happening here? Mm. I knew I wanted community, even though I didn't know that in, in, in words, I knew that in feeling. Mm. And the only thing I had when I came is I signed up to this TEDx networking right. event, right? Yeah. The TEDx conference? TEDx workshop. Workshop. Yeah. So I knew I had that and that was like a week or two after I came into Hanoi. I came back, I got settled, and I had that. And when I went there, I met the guys from Nomads. You know, I met some people from TEDx, and then that led me to like a lot of different things. And when I applied for Team 10, and I got into Team 10, and I did Team 10, that for me afterwards, combined with the learning hub, mm. was, I, I felt like I found my community. And that was, again, people inviting me into that, and mm. everybody creating that together. Mm. So after that, I was like, okay, cool, I have this, Part of my life as I, I found the foundation for that mm. uh, which again I'm just really lucky to nice. be a part of it wow very nice can can you share with us uh, a bit deeper of your reason why you decided to apply for team 10 like obviously you heard of nomads and you talked to some of us at the TEDx workshop yeah, but what lead you what lead you to that decision of um, yeah applying I believe the tagline was do you want to be a change maker yeah and I was like, yes, I want to be a change maker. Are you gonna are you gonna provide the environment for me to have the opportunity to do that? Mm. That sounds awesome. Mm. And as someone who came here, like I said, looking to get involved in that community, and I think 
so many people who've either joined nomads or haven't joined nomads, mm. which is a, a journey that they still have to take. Right. But it is people that look for that, and it is people that are like-minded in that. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, this could be a really good first step for me mm. um, to meet like-minded people mm. and to get to know the culture of that a little bit here. And I'm sure I'll get to know about different organizations and different people that, that are involved in that. And I knew actually the fact that it takes place at the Learning Hub. Mm. I came to one of the community dinners. Right. And everybody was so nice and yeah. so welcoming. And there were a lot of nomads people there too. I was like, this is <laughs> this is cool. I, I, I could definitely be a part of the change maker love here. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so just want to share also for me, um, when I first saw Nomads, I was I wasn't looking to be a change maker. I wasn't looking to create positive impacts. I was just trying to look for direction. Mm. And there's something, and it's especially what you said about like-minded people. Is that feeling of finding a community? Yeah. Uh, it's really calling me, and that's also why I'm here. Seriously, you're just trying to find that direction. Um, and if that direction can be contributing to something bigger than myself. That's great. Yeah, I would say, and of course you mentioned the community dinner and the learning hub. Mm. Uh, we're very fortunate, I say this before, I say this again, we're very fortunate to have this space to, to be the home, to be the place of gathering, to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just have this group of people being here and it's not just nomads, right? There's so many different different individuals, different organizations that also here. Very true. Yeah. I actually remember the conversation we had at that event. And at the I remember dinner? at the no 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 at the TEDx workshop. Right. And you were one of the first people I like had a proper conversation with. I remember we sat down and you were telling me about your journey through nomads and you were like, I work for nomads. I was like, what's that? And you told me and you told me how exactly what you just said. And that actually really appealed to me as well. I was like, oh cool. Like it's definitely this journey and, and you get to just have the opportunity to see if this direction or these kinds of activities and these kinds of projects or things like that right. suit you or serve you in any way. Right. And I think if you are attracted in any way to, I don't want to call it advertising, but to mm. the call, right. then it is most likely going to suit you a lot. And if not, you are going to learn a lot from it. Yeah, no matter what. sure. And hearing you, like, uh, it keeps coming back to me a point that actually very recently define for ourselves at Nomads that we really want to serve people at the transition period of their life. Mm -hmm. We are not incubators, we are not an accelerator program where people, you know, like we promise funding and launching people projects. It's about creating time and space to find that spark or find that, yeah, that, that guidance in your life, mm -hmm. find that foundation for people who maybe just move here, from a new country, a different country, or people just got out of work, just got out of school, looking feeling different. Yeah, so absolutely. we're really about that spark, that direction finding. So. Yeah. When you say that, it makes me feel like what what are the feelings that I've really gotten from from nomads? I, f I feel very much like you get support mm. in terms of care and kindness, and you know that if you need support in any way. And I know even little things are big things. I've asked for support before, during, after the program. Your nomads team is there. Your facilitators are there. Your team is there. The community is there afterwards. I also feel like you guys provide a space where everybody is appreciated and everybody is respected. And that hosts the space 
for all of the, I'm going to be lame and call it magic, to actually happen. But those are the foundations. And without that respect and appreciation, then you wouldn't be able to create that. So thank you for all your support because it really does, it really does help people in the transition period. I'm still in my transition period, mm. but the values and the lessons that I've learned and knowing the support is there if I need it is very, very valuable to me. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thank you for saying that because for us, it's all, always about trying to reflect and learn and see what we can do and trying to do more and improve. Yeah. And you already touched on that, like you, you say in Nomads, you got the feeling of support. Uh, always, you know, like people always there reaching out for help. Absolutely. Uh, I wanna, can you share with us, um, like how was your experience in Nomads Team 10? Yeah. How, how was it for you? I, I really enjoyed it. I think that's without a doubt. For me, one thing that I really liked is I felt very taken care of. Mm. Um, and I think I've, I've led my own little youth programs before, not exactly like this, but similar, similar tones of activities at the very least. And this time I got to participate in something so much closer to me and, and be taken care of and, and, and be guided through mm. this, again, lame, but journey. <laughs> and I really, I found that very valuable. And, and that came also from the support. And for me, what I really enjoyed about the program, besides the actual program, besides the games and the activities and all of those things, I, I really enjoyed the fact that the people that were there helping us through it, they cared. Mm. They truly, truly care about what they're doing. Mm. And that goes out to the whole Nomads team and, and also the participants. Mm. Yeah, people sure. are there because they care. And especially with your facilitators, it's so, like you guys put so much work into it. I'll never forget the thing you guys did at the end where you took... Can I, can I reveal it? I was say, maybe not. Could that be a spoiler? Maybe, uh. maybe it's a spoiler. There, there is an activity that takes place at the end of Nomads that where I, I just saw that you guys took so much time and care and love and appreciation and respect, all of those things, but how much time it must have taken you on top of this program that already took you so much time to care about each and every member of the team and show your appreciation for them. That is still imprinted into my memory. I, I that that was that was so valuable, um, and it's really rare to find people. Maybe it's not really rare. It depends where you look, but it's rare in the world to find people who are in their profession and do it with all of their heart and soul. Mm. And that's what serves people, and that's exactly mm. what you guys do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's it's lovely to hear that it it, it shows the level of dedication. Um, I've seen. For, for us, the, the principle, I guess, that, that we try to work with that we really believe in is to follow the purpose and to bring our whole self to work in whatever that we do. And it's about not working for ourselves, our ego, but it's working to serve, in this case, working to serve the participant, working to serve a better journey. And in bringing that wholeness, like who we are into the world, it, it really allows space for for that, for that care you said, and for authenticity, I guess, to, to yeah, bring into absolutely. the program as well. And it's, it's, it's really nice to, to hear that it shows and it's, it's received and appreciated. 
and uh, yeah, I'll be sure to pass this along <laughs> to the rest of the team. I uh, full full disclosure, I have very, I help very little in that process you talk about. All oh, credits go on. out to no, no I I have to say all credits go out to uh, to Johanna, to Sebastian, to Ellie who really held and yeah. But you're shout planning out. the next one. No, definitely shout out to that. <laughs> they are all incredible individuals. Yep. But you're planning this one. You're planning Team Eleven. Yep. Very exciting. Yep. Oh, wow! Well, Team Eleven coming along. <laughs> we just we literally just launched this uh, three four four days ago. So it's very recent. We uh, just publicly announced it and have it ready on our website, and people can apply. Yeah. Uh, right now. Um, very slow. We haven't really rolled out any marketing and anything yet. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope. And this time it will be a, a bit different set of people walking in because obviously you know uh, the people who were here before. Mm -hmm. Half of them has not half. Some of them have gone on to different journeys. So yeah, yeah. Um, we will be sure to. Well, you know what? In whatever we do, we really want to put everything that we have into it. And yeah. Or the learnings I'm trying to work. Yep. Uh, Do you ever get tired uh, of mm. of giving your all all the time? That's a great question. I would say no, because I don't feel like I have to. You know, I mm. I really this is what I want to do. This is how I want to show up and be. At work, it's not just a program. It's the workshop. It's a it's a facilitation service that we offer. For me, it's just me being myself. It's not that I'm trying to be a standard. Or I'm trying to meet some size quality. It's just how I am, and You've I know set that standard shared. for yourself. Huh? You've set the standard for yourself. Yes, you know it is. Is that that like I want my work to meet to be like this, and there's definitely that uh, standard. But that's very important that you said it's I said it for myself. It's not that I have a boss who said it or I said it for my team to follow. It's that each of us follow our own call and I think that's very important for us. That's really beautiful. And I, I, I think I can relate to that the, the points in any job I've had or anything I've done, but I guess now directly speaking with jobs has always been the points where I'm giving my all mm. in my way mm. and that is above and beyond or it doesn't matter because I know I'm doing the best that I can and I do it with joy and no one expects it of me mm. and in contrast to that I, I find the most difficult part of the typical hierarchical work right. life for me is not actually you know having to meet the standard of, of your boss but what happens when the typical situation of your boss gives you a task and you put your all in it and sometimes you're very appreciated and sometimes you're still appreciated but the work you've done is not correct mm, yeah. and that can be really depleting and that's what happens when there's one person who decides what the right way is right and that's exactly what you guys are, are working right completely a contrast of and i really respect that it goes to what you said earlier about co-creation, right? Yeah. It's, it's just about people together, um, yeah, co-creating what they set to be, yeah. what they want to achieve. It's not about anyone else setting it for them. Yeah, it's for, yeah, for us it's a very important way to work. 
Um, and so you already mentioned a bit about your job uh, as a teacher right now and um, the way that you want to work. Uh, yes, you say. I, I hear that you say that you want to bring joy and you, know, you want to do your best. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. So what what are you teaching? You you say that before you are teaching uh, debate. Yep. Yeah. Can you share a bit about? Yeah, um, I'm actually the kindergarten teacher, mm. um, but I, I have one class and I'm doing a middle school debate class. So I really enjoy teaching kindergarten, but the middle school debate is is completely contrast to that. Right. And it's for me that's my hobby is mm. debates and public speaking and and all the wonderful things that come with the skill of debate. Mm. Um, for me, I think the most valuable part of it is learning to ask why oh. and ask how and ask why again right and that's challenging something mm. and i do believe that one of the most valuable and it's hard to say what is the most valuable there's so many valuable things that we can grow from but for me personally the one of the most valuable things i did in life was debating in school mm. because i learned how to challenge things mm. and i learned how to challenge an idea in a constructive way mm. and it helps you set your values as well oh wow because you can't challenge something if you don't know your values mm. you can and that's debate and in debate you have to also learn to challenge things that may not be in line with your values and that even helps you underneath it you're like but i know but you still learn to challenge and i think that every society could really benefit from learning to do that mm. because that's how societies grow towards the mutual goals that we always need to evolve to grow towards. Mm. So I, I hear that you said for you debating it, it brings the sign of I would say critical thinking Absolutely. mindset to it, like challenging asking question. And what you hear what you say about challenging with your values, can you elaborate a bit on that? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, challenging your values. I think our values are always changing and growing, right? right? With what we take in, in the world around us. But I find the more aware we are of that process, the more valuable you can make that process as well. Mm. So if you, and, and I guess that leads to self-understanding. Mm. So if you understand yourself and you understand how you carry yourself through an argument, how you carry yourself through a process, how you challenge yourself, how you challenge your ideas, you're learning ultimately what your values are as a person. Mm. You're learning what you like and what you don't like, what you agree with, what you don't agree with, and how you can come to terms or navigate around those things. Mm. And that is very valuable for self-direction. Mm. For sure. Wow. It sounds, it sounds like when you, you need to bring a certain kind of mindfulness in, in this way of um, when you share constructive challenging. You know, like it's really understanding about how and why maybe some idea is not resonating within you mm. and voice that out guess and trying to ultimately not trying to win a, a no. argument but it's about understanding yourself yeah but i also really like what you say about being able to speak it out mm. a lot of people can do it all here mm. but when it comes to actually being able to express it it's really challenging to express yourself oh yeah I hear that, especially if it's here and then you can't be out, then yeah. it's stuck, and then it, even if it's not voice, and it creates that sort of blockage, I guess, in the, in the energy, absolutely, yeah, or in the process itself. 
everybody has different ways of expressing themselves, right? You don't have to always be able to express yourself verbally through a speech or through public speaking or through even being having conversation skills. But at the end of the day, even I, for example, I would say my weakness is maybe learning how to express myself through, you know, art. Mm. Or dance, right. and we even got challenged with that on Nomads, where we had to express sure. a feeling or an activity yeah. with dance. And in the dance ones, I was always like, "Guys, I can't do this," and I would always have a partner who would be like, "Come on, like, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. call in and, and kind of like take you through it." But that was that's also really important to to learn how to express yourself in different ways, and I guess debate and and learning to put your ideas and your challenges and into words mm. and being able to present them in front of people is just one form of expression that anybody can benefit from. Mm. Nice. It's so nice. Uh, so I, I actually, I didn't realize when you said at the beginning that uh, when you say you're a teacher that you teach, I guess, two classes, kindergarten and middle school debate. I'm in kindergarten most of the time. Right. I only get to sneak to the debate once a week. <laughs> right. Uh, but, what, yeah. Why kindergarten? I'm curious about that. Um, I've always worked with young children. Ah. When I was younger, I was really attracted to young children because there's something very special about sharing the knowledge. I'm, I'm changing my vocabulary now. Sharing the knowledge of the first steps with very mm. young children. So the first letter, the first time they can read a word, the first time they learn to independently do something like take care of themselves in a certain way and as you see the children become more independent and self-sufficient mm. and guide themselves and with young children with kindergarten fours and five-year-old five-year-olds it's really about behavior mm. with yourself first you learn how to be independent and take yourself through your daily actions right and the second step is to how do I now interact with the world around me oh, as this wow. individual that I am and it is the very foundations of school. Mm. I really believe in kindergarten because I think that, I always say in kindergarten, you get the backpack you're gonna take to school. Mm. And that backpack can be full of just games and kind of sitting around and doing nothing. That backpack can be full of fear and, and, and resents. That backpack can be full of like really excited, positive feeling towards school because you've had a really good kindergarten experience. Mm. That backpack can be full of a little bit of self-understanding, a little bit of confidence. You fill that backpack, mm. you give them the backpack, and you have to give them the tools to fill it themselves. Wow. So if you think about it like that, if you don't have a good foundation, your attitude towards school could be very different. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because it, it's, for me, I, I, I don't know much about kindergarten. Oh, uh, don't. That's okay. Yeah, and I was just thinking like, yeah, it's just a step where people put their children. And so I think that was my experience where my mom and dad, because they need to go to work, they put me in kindergarten yeah. until I'm old enough to go to school. But from you, from what you say, it sounds like it's really crucial step of preparing the, the children to, to take that step into formal education. Absolutely. That's a really good way to put it. And, and, and once you go into school, there is not as much time. School is very dun 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 right. compared to kindergarten. Kindergarten is where one of the first jobs I had with, with kids that were three, four, and five was in like a creative learning center mm. where we did games and kind of like different creative classes based off of entirely your imagination. 
So the actual playroom would have very minimal objects inside of it, and you would teach about anything. So the subject of the day could be fruits, mm. and you would make every object in the room a fruit. And you would grab this like huge ball, and you'd be like, guys, this is a watermelon. And the parents would come with these kids in some of the classes, and you'd be like, let's take a bite out of the watermelon. And the parents like, like, just bite it, just mama. And the kids learn to grow their imagination like that. Ah. And those are also very, very first steps. And I realized, okay, this is where you're still free and mm. you have the creativity and the space to learn these things. Mm. Because once you get to school, it is more constrained mm. and you don't have that room to grow as much. Wow. When you say that, I suddenly feel a bit sad for the, yeah, for the formal <laughs> education because when you don't have that, yeah, that freedom to, to learn with creativity, it, yeah, it sounds like something's missing. Let kids play. There's a reason people like let them play. Like that playtime is important. They learn a lot from it. Oh, true. Yeah. Even now, for me, like <laughs> playtime. Yeah, playtime is when I learn. Like I learn to play the cajon because I like playing. Oh, so interesting. I didn't know you're learning that. Well, you started, but um, yeah, it's it's just about playing for me. Yeah. It's not about learning theories and like this goes here. It's the act of playing. Is Very true. Yeah. And I know, like for. My, for Swan, uh, our artist, she learned to draw because she played with her drawings. Yeah, playing is important. I need to play more. <laughs> what do you like when play? I do get to play with the kids, mm, true. to be fair. I do, I do really enjoy greeting them and, and when they have some playground time, I have a little bit of time to play with them. I really do enjoy that. Um, I don't think I'm playing enough these days, mm. to be very honest with you. I think my, my way of playing is, is just getting to spend time with people that I value mm. and, and socializing. But that's mm. not really playing because that can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. When you say that, I suddenly have a question in my mind, like, what does playing mean? Like, is it about joy? Like, it's just yeah. moments of doing something joyful. And yeah, and for me, that makes sense. If hanging out with other people, talking to them is what makes you feel joyful. Yeah? Very that's, true. Yeah. Why is that not playing? What is playing? Well, you have the, the space and the freedom to, to do what you really love. Right. Maybe without constraint. Maybe that's what playing is. Yeah. And maybe it's also you just do for the sake of doing without yeah, really like expecting a yeah, final result. Yeah. I'm going to buy myself some Play-Doh or something like that. <laughs> Perfect. Or Lego. Or, well, Lego. Play-Doh. Very true. Yeah. Oh, a bit expensive. Anyway. All right. Going back. <laughs> With Victor Farm, I'm afraid. But uh, going back a bit about, about nomads, uh, one question that I always love to ask people is what are the learnings that they carry with them after the program? Like, what, what are some really valuable things that you got um, that helped you in your life? There was a day where we did the mini workshop or the, yeah, about values. Mm. Do you remember that? Personal values sure you remember it um we got a big paper right with i don't even know how many values listed on it no at first at first we were asked to write down i don't remember however many values five or ten values that right now we're focusing on in our life mm. that was a challenge already so i started writing down and i really struggled with it i was like oh my god this is what my journey is about i don't even know what this is mm. And you write down some things and then they give you a paper with at least at least 50 to 80 yeah. values on it. Front and back, 
Yeah, mm -hmm. if, if I'm thinking about the same list, and it's like maybe 70. Yeah, a lot of values on there. And you start looking at those, and you're like, oh, Matt, I have all of these. And you start crossing out a few, and then they say, pick 20. Mm. And you're like, okay, <laughs> okay. I started color coding them and thinking, what do I do now? What do I... But you had to focus on what are you doing now? What is mm. the most valuable thing to you right now? Mm. And that's what everyone kept asking. But like, right now, what is valuable to you right now? Mm. Pick 20. And then they said, narrow it down to 10. Everyone was like, oh, man, narrow it down to 10. How are we supposed to do that? So everyone groans and moans and, okay, now, what is it now? And they start to go down. And then you said, Make it five. Yeah. That was hard. I remember the five. That was tragic for me. And in the end, I think it came down to three. Mm. Do you remember what it is? And for me, that was the most valuable thing. Yeah. As someone who struggles with perfectionism and a struggle, someone who struggles with having a lot going on in my head and I don't know how to focus mm. on what I want to do, I realized that has been my block. I focus on too many things, I expect too much, and I can never achieve it. Mm. And I realized this is the most valuable thing I've learned here. Mm. And I try to remind myself of that. It, it's hard, and it's going to take me a long time to work on it. But it's a process, and I try to think, I'm like, okay, right now, this many things. And even now, I overwhelm myself, and I take on too much. But it's still about half of what it used to be. <laughs> so I just right. need to keep narrowing down. But that yeah. was really valuable to me. And I think it was really like helpful helpful for that transition period. Mm. For you to really sit down and look back and reflect. What are my values right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for us, personal values, for me personally, it's really that compass that I have to navigate, make decision to... Even make sense of my feelings sometimes when my values are not being met or being violated. That sounds like such a strong word. But yeah, it's, like you said, it's a very useful and critical thing to have in a transition or just in life. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Do you remember what the, what the three that you narrowed down was? Or? Honesty, family, mm. and... Something like self-understanding or peace of mind, something like that. Mm. Basically calming down right. and ba balance. Balance. Nice. I still, I'm still not there with the balance. Mm. But knowing that the other two values were there, it helps you kind of be like, okay, I don't have time to do the 17,000 other things right now. Right. It really just has to be a few, and right. I have to focus. And when you focus, you you know which right. how to better direct yourself. For sure, and that's balance too, right? Like, not it's not about having a million things. It's mm -hmm. about having a few. But yeah. What are your three? Ah, so I I recently did this. Well, so values I I had to share also that. Um, because I, I wasn't giving that workshop, I think it was Huang. Mm. Um, but values is something that we always say is change over time. So of it's course. always worth it to reflect. And I say this because I just gave a personal value workshop like a few weeks ago. And that was a time for me, yeah, to, to was so nice to, to check. And it was four for me. It was um, awareness, 
presence, uh, I think growth, and I think service. Mm. Yeah, for me, like the the growth part is really about always be on the learning path, always developing mm. uh, myself in my work and in my life. And then the other about presence and awareness, I just find it's, it, it really surface for me when I, I really want to put my emphasis on being in the moment, like right now, being fully engaged in yeah. conversation and not being distracted, or even walking on the street, being present of what's going on, what am I seeing in, in the city. Uh, that's what I want to focus on right now. Very beautiful. Well, that helps you with that as well. For sure. Presence, focusing. <laughs> Mindfulness. Mindfulness, right. thank you. Thank really you. love it. Or try to practice. Yeah. So, well, so it's, you, you said that aware of your personal values really helped you navigate in this period of your life and it's something that you took away. Yeah. Just Especially just learning to narrow them down. Right. That process of just. Like boils down to what is. Yeah, stop give it space, give it time. And also, there's a nomad saying, listen with intention, mm. listen with attention, and speak with intention. intention. Yep. I think about that a lot now. Mm. Especially, not, no especially, all the time, at work, in everyday life. What, what do those uh, words mean to you? Like, how would you? It, it's being present as well. Mm. But it's really, it's listening. It's not hearing, it's listening to everything the other person is saying and, and being present with them and, and giving them the respect. Mm. And giving what they're saying the respect of the space that it deserves for you to be able to receive it and for them to be able to express it. Right, yeah. And sure. speaking with intent means to, again, take a step back and and we're kids, they said, think before you speak. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for that. And the two go together really beautifully. And if you do that, you'll find that you start to also, yeah, calm down, step back and value the things around you more. Mm. Or you start to see the things that maybe you don't want around you. Oh, yeah. But even then, you don't make rash decisions on that. You right. take time and attention and yeah, to decide those things. Yeah, for sure. I love what you say about listening and you know, being just giving the respect to the person and what they say. And for me, it's also about finding that space of empathy and of connection. Mm. Um, I said it so many times now that listening is really one of my treasured skills. Like something I really want to practice consciously. Listening to others, listening to myself, which is so hard sometimes. And listening to the universe to go a bit spiritual, but listening to what wants to happen is a concept. Yeah, it's a bit new for me, but it's yeah, it's like I don't know, just being open and take whatever that brings. If you're if you're open, then things can come to you. Right. Like that day that I came to that workshop, mm. I was there, super open, ready for anything. That's why when you and I talked, I received it. Mm. If I had been there really closed, I may not have received that the same way as I did. Mm. And I would not have followed the opportunity to 
then go and ask someone, hey, I want to talk to someone who works at Nomads, and someone introduced me to Johanna, and I talked to her, and she's the one that invited me to come over. It was the first conversation that went to the second conversation that brought me here. Huh. So if I hadn't been open for new opportunities, then I would have been closed off to that. I think that's being open to the universe. Wow, that is so powerful because like when I hear you say that, what popped in my head is it's so important to notice that mindset that if I approach a situation with a closed mindset and only expect or accept a certain outcome or possibilities mm -hmm. and I'm totally miss out. Of course. What? I don't know. Yeah, so so yeah, being open. Yeah. It's so cool to hear like it just one thing happened and happened and then it became such a uh, impactful decision or moment. Yeah, sometimes you hear people say spook stories like, oh, you know, the moment that that leaf fell from the tree and <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. felt like God was sending me a sign and that's why I walked into the ice cream store. Right. Maybe that sounds a little bit more fantastic mm. and uh, less practical, but actually, if you look at it in little things that happen every day, it's not magic. It's, it's, it's literally just you not closing yourself off. Mm. Do you remember this, the, the talk that Blake gave? Uh, what did he talk about? Can you remind? Like Nichols gave a talk about being present and being mm -hmm. open. Again, don't quote me on this, Blake, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> but uh, I just remember what I took away from that was that you just you have to be open to opportunities and you have to seek them and you have to go look for them. Mm. But looking is is just being open. Mm. Yeah. And at the end of his speech, he told everyone, "He's like, so get off your phones." Oh, yeah. And look up and look around you and go talk to someone. Right. Introduce yourself to someone. Right. And that's what we do when we're scared. We, we sit on our phones because not all of us have those skills or even those of us that do. Mm. We're like, I just don't want to look uncool, so I'm going to look cool <laughs> and look at my phone. And then you're closed off to all of the things that could come to mm. you or that you could go towards. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. It, yeah, it comes to me now. Like he was talking about in networking or social events where yeah. you don't want to be like by yourself or like you know fending off people but be open yeah. and yeah hearing i remember that and also i realized for some people like the extrovert one yeah it's so natural to to be talk to people for some like how well for me i'm self-identify as a rather introvert person I, I, I do okay in an intimate setting in like one or two or three people, but when there's like six people, I tend to like move off. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how would, like, what advice would you give? Or, yeah, how, how can I advice. be different? Yeah. Like, be open. Um, there's a lot of ways to approach this. I actually think that one thing that more extroverted people can do to help more introverted people. And I don't like using these terms because I'm actually also introverted and you mm. would never believe it. We've had, this, <laughs> yeah. we've had this discussion. We've had this discussion before. Um, but people who are, let's just say, confident mm. in a typical networking situation to go out and, and talk to people really confidently, yeah. even that makes me nervous. Mm. But what I try to do is talk to people who I see are more quiet as well mm. and then either help introduce them to people or... Tell them contact me if you need anything, right. and giving them that space. 
and it really helps to go with someone. Mm, yeah, for sure. If you're very like shy and, and to yourself, it really helps to go with someone. And also, I think in those kinds of situations, usually more people are nervous than not. Mm. And you just have to ask yourself, what's the worst that's going to happen? Fair enough. What the worst can happen? Yeah. When you ask yourself that, you see how ridiculous it is because nothing bad is going to happen to you. Yeah. If anything, you'll gain something positive. Mm. And so just remember that no one's going to judge you. Mm. I have to remind myself that of all the time because I, I do think I am worried about other people judging me. As mm. confident as I come across, I, I am always worried about that too. Yeah. That fear of judgment is so present. It's not just in that setting, but in anything really. It's really ingrained in us, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Who did it to us? <laughs> Speak up. Someone did it to us. We're, we're very, we're very fearful. The universe. Well, uh, you said about we fear nature, I guess, because we try to survive. Mm. But anyway, um, about, yeah, introvert and quiet one. I, I love what you said about talking to the quiet one. That's something that I try to do too. Like if yeah. I see somebody who's like kind of uh, looking around. Like, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to be my friend? I'm <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll feel definitely more comfortable approaching people by themselves rather than trying to join like a yeah. Oh me too. Yeah, conversations. Definitely. It was like a big group of people sitting around talking. They're already looking cool and they're friends. <laughs> you don't want to go in there. Yeah. And what do you say like, hey guys? But that is exactly what you say. You just come in like, hey guys. And you just join the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Be open. Yeah. Because no. we'll practice at 10x we'll practice. next Saturday. Yeah for this sure. Saturday? Uh January 19th, I think that is also shout out to TEDx. Shout out to TEDx, we'll see you, we'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a Saturday or Sunday, to be honest with you. I, it's, I know it's the 19th. It's the 19th. It's the 19th. See you on the 19th. January 19th, yeah. We're going to have a booth there. Are you, so you, oh, you're joining? Of you're course. Gonna, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, Nomads, we're going to have a booth there also to uh, share a bit about our names and having some activities for people to, to enjoy. Looking forward to it. I I'm really too. glad to hear that because now I don't have to, you know, take the time to go and recruit people for you. <laughs> I've already introduced two people. I'm like, you have to do Nomads Team Eleven. This is perfect for you. Perfect. Like, this is great. I, I'll I'll get people over to the booth then because. All right. Yeah, I excellent. appreciate it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, Surya. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Yeah, thank and you for uh, another conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, if you can share a message with the people who are listening right now, anything, it doesn't have to be our nomads. Um, yeah, what would you share? Um, to quote Ellen DeGeneres, mm. be kind to one another, be kind to yourself and be kind to the trees and be kind to the world around you and try to observe moments where people need kindness or where you need kindness. Mm and put more kindness into the world because it goes a long way. Oh, for sure. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for asking me the <laughs> question. <laughs> All right. Thank absolutely you. lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs>